0: Hi all, this episode was recorded before the news of Burt Metcalf's passing, but we wanted to come on and acknowledge his tremendous contributions to MASH as a writer and showrunner.
1: He was one of only a few people to work on MASH for the entirety of its 11-season run, and as such, has had a massive impact on not only the show, but generations of MASH fans.
0: May his memory be a blessing, and we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Rest in peace, Burt Metcalf. Welcome to MASH Mouth, the podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970 sitcom, MASH. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, so this episode is all about the entire camp getting sick, like deathly sick, leaving Hawkeye the only one in charge. And to relate to that, I wanted to ask you, do you have any like funny stories of being Uh, sick or like being incapacitated in some way like any (laughs) any funny stories out of that I know it's kind of a weird subject matter but you know last week we talked about nudity so it's, (laughs) it's all relative baby
0: yeah actually I do okay so this is this is kind of a wild ride like I was pretty sick as a kid not like chronically but I had really bad asthma as a kid and it affected my you know, whole respiratory system. So like when I was two, I had pneumonia twice in the same year or no, I'm sorry. (laughs) When I was four, I had pneumonia twice in the same year. And then when I was in, like, I think we were in like sixth grade, I had H1N1, like swine flu.
1: (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. I
0: was really sick from that. And then the last time I was like super sick, I had the enterovirus, like the D68 strain of this like enterovirus, which was presenting very much like uh, a cold for a lot of people and it was affecting like babies and people with bad respiratory systems. and so my friend actually gave it to me thinking that he had a cold and then I had uh, I was in the hospital and like the ICU for like 10 days because it was so bad. I can laugh about it now because obviously I'm fine and thankfully I didn't get COVID. Um so yeah, so those are my those are my zany stories about being sick and having flus.
1: Your last story, I was actually like, in your life at that point and uh <laughs> I distinctly remember That you're telling me that you didn't feel well and the next day you just sent me a Snapchat of you in the hospital with like the respirator mask on being like yeah so I don't feel well as it turns out (laughs) and it's probably going to stick with me for the rest of my life. That was probably the scariest image that anyone's (laughs) ever uh, sent me over text so thank you for that. Uh, you'll love to see it you love to see your friend in deep trouble <laughs> so yeah, it,
0: was, it was so ridiculous because like i f- i was being so blase about it because like i said i had had pneumonia a lot as a kid so i was like oh this is just pneumonia right and they're like no mm-hmm. y- people are dying from this and i was like oh, oh okay
1: <laughs> i have a similar experience uh i'm disabled and uh, i've had a lot of surgeries in my early life so i uh I became very blasé about going under the knife and, you know, getting things fixed up and whatnot. And everyone around me, is when I was a kid, was like, that's so scary. I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. I've literally <laughs> had surgery when I was like six months old. Like, I'm just used to it. And in regards to, like, a funny story, one time I was in the hospital after surgery. And I was still a kid, so there wasn't any Netflix or anything. But they had, like, movies. Uh, just movies on VHS or DVD. And I had the distinct memory of watching this movie called The Indian in the Cupboard. I don't know if you know this movie. Mm -hmm. It's like about a kid who finds like a magic thing and it teleports like a Native American man to his like room and he's like tiny. For years I had thought that I dreamt this film in like a drug written, like post surgery (laughs) state. But no, For the back of my mind, for literal a decade, was, like, every few years, I would think about... Remember that movie with, like, the Native American who was, like, tiny? And I had no idea what it was until, like, a few years ago. I was, like, browsing through Netflix, and it was just on there. And I was like, oh my god, it's real!
0: (laughs) Oh my god, you never told me that story before. That's so funny.
1: (laughs) It's Because, you know, that movie's so weird. I was like, what? That cannot... Every time I thought about it, I was like, that cannot be real. That cannot be a real film that existed. It must have been something that I made up in, like, a weird, delirious state. (laughs) And then I saw it on Netflix, and it legit, like, blew my mind.
0: That is too funny. That's actually, like, so hysterical. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I...
1: So anyway, moving on from our, our childhood trauma of being in hospitals <laughs> uh, far too young, let's talk about this episode. So, this episode was called Carry On Hawkeye, and when a flu hits the 4077 hard, only Hawkeye, Margaret, and Radar are left alone in the camp to take care of all the wounded i really like this episode this episode is very stressful for me what did you think of carry on hawkeye
0: i liked this episode a lot like you said it was stressful there was a lot of chaotic scenes um i thought it was done really well i think i said last week that this was one of my favorite episodes i was actually thinking of a different episode because spoiler alert they start to reuse some plot lines (laughs) in
1: the later seasons um, I mean, you can only do so much in one true. location for it's, 11 years.
0: It's true, but I did like this iteration of this storyline where um, Hawkeye is the only surgeon and Margaret kind of has to make the camp run because, of course, Hawkeye's not going to do it, right? So, yeah, I, I liked this episode a lot.
1: I like this one, too. I like how it escalates how uh, it's kind of a slow burn, almost, that everyone mm-hmm. is slowly getting sick and it just kind of... Uh, gets worse and worse throughout it and it's very isolating and like claustrophobic to me it had like it wasn't horrific at all like no horror elements but it had (laughs) like the vibe of like a movie about uh like a contagion you know that kind of thing like an epidemic movie but played more towards the sitcom and more like realistically where it wasn't like anything scary. It was just, like, a stressful situation that never really resolves throughout the episode. I mean, it has, like, a happy ending, but it's not, like, in the last, you know, act of the episode, everybody recovers. Like, no, it's pretty much Hawkeye and Margaret and Radar by themselves to the very end until, like, you know, the, the last like wrap up scene.
0: Like I said, it's very chaotic and it's very humorous, but it's very tense at times as well. Not like tense in the sense that we've seen in previous episodes, but just like, oh my God, like how are they going to deal with this? How how are they going to keep this up for the rest of the episode kind of thing? I thought that it was done really well. Um, even in this first scene, it has uh, with Trapper being sick because Trapper's the first one to kind of get sick. And like you said, it kind of builds up from there. I noted that the makeup department did a great job in this episode because then after we realized that Trapper is sick, Henry gets sick or Henry is like too sick to operate. And he has these like bags under his eyes that literally his skin looks dead. He looks so sick. Mm-hmm. And... It was just so. It was just so well done. This like these makeup effects, because later on the episode, Frank is sick as well, and he has really red rimmed eyes, and I don't know, just something about it made it so believable to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Throughout the episode, they keep saying whenever a character gets sick, they look like an advertisement for death. <laughs> and like, yeah, the makeup department really does sell it. But uh, I also think that McLean Stevens' performance of a sick person, in particular. Was very good. Uh, There's a moment like way later on the episode where he's like, I'm fine. I'm back in business. And he he sits down in his chair and he just kind of melts. And I thought that was like really funny and like pretty good physical comedy. Uh, McLean Stevenson, as we talked about, I think last week, is very good at drunk acting. And it turns out pretty good at sick acting too. He He can play various states of deliriousness pretty well
0: (laughs) good for you mclean stevenson i do have to note though so i think it's after henry um hawkeye kind of is like henry go lay down we're good so it's just hawkeye and frank in the or and then frank like passes out it's so weird i've never i like i said at the top i've been sick quite a few times um with variations of flus and i have never passed out from the flu so that's very strange to me Well, you know,
1: (laughs) I want to talk talk more about Frank in this episode, but we'll get to that. But, you know, in his defense, uh, beyond this being like a caricature TV show where you have to play like very up to have everything be a little more exaggerated. I imagine that if you have the flu and you're in a high stress environment of an operating room, Your body's not going to react to it the same way that like when you have a flu and you're just like sick from school. Like you're probably going to pass out.
0: No, no, no. Frank's just a baby. (laughs)
1: Um, I like Frank in this episode though. There's a good chunk of it where he's just like passed out and like Margaret's trying to take care of him and just kind of babbling about uh, his wife and apparently his secretary who he's also slept with, and it's just like. The performance of Larry Linville, I thought was very funny. He can play this kind of cute Frank very well. Uh, This kind of like half in reality version of Frank, I thought was pretty funny, even though he's talking about how he's a horrible person who just cannot stay faithful to literally anyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually noted this as well, because I think in a couple previous episodes, in season one, I had said, oh, well, maybe Frank is not like this horrible cheating person and he wouldn't be cheating on his wife if not for the war and needing no. some kind of companionship. But this kind of just confirmed that, no, he is kind of just a shitty person and is not a good, faithful husband, boyfriend, anything. So that was that's really funny that you bring that up. But I do agree with you that Larry Linville's kind of characterization of playing either drunk or delirious whatever it's very funny and very like almost Mm. adorable you know what I mean like when Glen Stevenson does it he sells it really well but I feel like Larry Linville does a really good job of making it really funny
1: He's got this, like, good childlike vibe. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, look at this poor, poor innocent babe in the woods. (laughs) I should take care of him. Yeah, I agree. uh, Not not to be mean to Mr. Larry Linville's appearance. I'm talking specifically about Frank himself. (laughs) How does he get all these women? Apparently he's married. He's banged a secretary like how does he do it uh he's I don't, not a very appealing man
0: yeah because he's like so beta too <laughs> i just don't <laughs>
1: understand perhaps he's the ultimate beta where it's <laughs> he betas so hard where you're like well he okay. betas so
0: hard he's alpha i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry oh my goodness <laughs> Anyway, we love we love and hate Frank Burns so much. It's crazy. It's so much fun. I love it. Um, wow. How to get back on track from here, right, Ethan? Wow. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> after after this scene, I really liked this one, this next scene when Hawkeye is on the phone with the general. Usually, I save lines for our ending piece, but I thought that this was just so funny where he's Hawkeye is on the phone with the general trying to get him to send more people. And you only hear Hawkeye's side of the conversation and Hawkeye goes, I know I'm a capable young surgeon. Let me add, I have good prospects and I'm a great catch, but I'm not looking for a husband. I need help here. And it's just like, dude, like he needs how he's the only surgeon in this unit.
1: I'm not looking for a husband, sent me. That was such a good line. <laughs> I love just any time this show kind of... like Again, it's presented as Hawkeye being very secure about himself where he's able to talk about, like, boys and everything. I just Mm -hmm. love how he's like, I'm not looking for a husband. It's such a funny thing for a 70s-50s man to say, like, utterly confidently. I know. Usually in this kind of thing, it's so skittish about, like, even, like, half being gay like, jokingly, but he's just so, like, brazen about it that I love it. It's so good.
0: I know. I think that's what makes Hawkeye's character so charming, is that he is so confident and sure of himself. And of course, like, you know, that comes in with the casual sexism. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode as well. But, um... Hawkeye's character is so charming because he's so confident he's not like the no homo guy right and he's just Mm -hmm. funny and can crack those jokes and yeah I think that's what Alan Aldo's deliverance of that is so good I also liked it was a little bit after this scene as well um, when Margaret Is in the swamp and she's saying to Hawkeye, Listen, like I'm the commanding officer at this point. So it's Henry and Frank and everybody else is kind of out of commission and I outrank you. And Hawkeye just immediately relents. He's like, Yeah, sure, whatever you want to do because I don't want to do it.
1: Whatever you want to do, Madam President.
0: (laughs) And so I liked this because Margaret kept kind of like going like she as if she had prepared what she was going to say to get Hawkeye to relent because she immediately thought that he was going to be like no I'm going to be in charge and even though like I think that I'm probably reading into it like a little bit more I just liked that you could read this as Margaret kind of being like I know that I'm a woman in the 1950s in the army a man is probably not going to let me be in charge so she kind of had to work herself up and be really assertive. You don't have to read it as like, oh, she's just power hungry like Frank is. Um, So I really liked this scene. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I, I agree. It definitely does come across like she wasn't expecting him to relent so easily. And it's not overplayed. Like it is pretty subtle. Like she goes on about it the way that a real person would go mm-hmm. on about it it wasn't like punchline where you know he says okay and she's has like a minute more of dialogue and mm-hmm. is like like wait what uh no it's like carrying on the way that like a real person kind of is like but i have a point to make i prepared all this all this information let me just say it so i can get yeah. it out of my brain uh i i think we should talk about this this is kind of the core of the episode is margaret and hawkeye's kind of relationship in this one and I thought it was very strong. I really liked these two in this episode together. This is one of, I think, the, the first episodes where it really is just them. They have like very interesting chemistry because I think they they work off of each other very well. I really like the, the core of this and how she's trying to be very assertive and Hawkeye's is not necessarily overstepping bounds in like a malicious way but there is a few times where he kind of goes above her, but like in a way that he also has to. I thought it was played very well. Uh, I, I really like this. What did you What do you think of this whole relationship throughout this episode?
0: So something that I noted when I was watching the episode was that there just seemed to be like a mutual respect kind of thing happening between these two characters in the episode for probably one of the first times that we see. I mean, I know that, We've seen it on and off a little bit in previous episodes in previous seasons, but this was the first time that we get like a good chunk of the idea that Margaret and Hawkeye respect each other, or more so that Hawkeye respects Margaret. And I do, I do agree with you that it was played really well, really interesting. Um, I think there was even a line in the episode where Margaret was like, I'm going to take care of the administration stuff, you take care of the surgery stuff, of course, because he is the surgeon. And he says to her something along the lines, just like kind of being cheeky of like, oh, okay. Like you want to be in charge. Like you take care of all of like the surgery stuff. And she says to him, I would never do that to you. Essentially. Like I would never try to step over you because you have more knowledge in this than I do. And Mm -hmm. then again, in the, in another scene, Hawkeye tells Radar to do something and Margaret says no you're not going to do that and Hawkeye kind of relents and is like okay like she said she's taking care of this administrative stuff I'm going to like respect her in this commanding yeah. position and I, I just I really thought that it was very well done and like I said kind of juxtaposed with this like casual like Sexual harassment kind of thing in throughout the entire well, episode. We'll, we'll talk about that.
1: We'll talk about that in a minute. I just want to address the scene where Hawkeye is talking to Radar about. I think ordering supplies. I'm not sh- exactly sure what it was. I don't remember at this moment. But again, that was the moment where it felt like he was just kind of doing his job, kind of not absent-mindedly, but he was kind of overstepping the agreement that he made with Margaret. And not in a way that like felt like he was doing it intentionally. He was just like, "Oh, well, I have to take care of this." I did like how this was portrayed that she was like legitimately upset, and he kind of did recognize that and like was pretty respectful about it. I I really liked. I just like their relationship in this one. I I like uh, Hawkeye and Margaret together, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the the future episodes where margaret is treated with a little more uh respect from the writers given a little bit more of like agency in it so i imagine we're gonna get a lot more of like this version of her as the show goes on
0: yeah definitely and like that's kind of jumping farther ahead into the later seasons but there is this mutual respect that Hawkeye and i think the rest of the camp really like places on margaret's character like she is more human and good at her job and stuff like that and that's more recognized in the later seasons and i liked that it was not completely just disregarded kind of in these earlier seasons um and it was it's like a nice hint of what's to come of this one female character we have in the main cast
1: i also really liked the scene in the or it was i'm not exactly sure where this falls in the episode but you know uh, Margaret like has to step up to the plate and like do a little bit of surgery like a little bit and she's like freaking out and Hawkeye is just kind of guiding her through it because she's you know a nurse she's normally just the assistant to this kind of operation but Hawkeye I think treats her really well I I just I, I don't want to like over repeat myself but I like this pairing a lot I-, I think that they wrote this relationship very well for this episode
0: yeah I agree and kind of jumping back to that point that scene where margaret and some of the nurses who aren't sick are doing more surgery i really liked that scene like i always like the parts of the show where there's an issue and the non-medical staff have to kind of step up and like be the mm-hmm. nurses and assist and stuff and you you see that throughout this episode like father mulkay he's doing it radar's doing it and it just makes for like really good tension almost and also comedy because they don't know what they're doing. But um, I did have to note that the first scene was a little bit more chaotic than the next scene um, of just Hawkeye being in the OR with the nurses. But I just loved that this just goes to show that Hawkeye couldn't do it without the nurses. Like he was facilitating all of these surgeries, but he needed the nurses medical expertise to Mm -hmm. save these people. And I did think that it was really well done of the first scene just kind of being chaotic and all the nurses not really like being sure of themselves. And then the next scene with Hawkeye as the only surgeon in the OR, the nurses were more confident in what they were doing. And I really I really liked that.
1: Yeah, I I really like that Father Mulcahy, uh stepped up as well. Just the way that his kind of nervousness pulled through, but also trying to be, you know, good at it. I like that he didn't know uh, specific instrument that Hawkeye wanted was that felt like pretty realistic to me I also like uh, at one point I think Hawkeye says like oh can I call you dad <laughs> you know in reference to the fact that he's father and you know that that made me laugh and cut some tension in, in this one just really well handled throughout the entire episode I think uh, even as it goes on later the other doctors like Henry and Trapper all kind of have this like second wind where they think they can operate for like a hot second and then they just like collapse on each other and that also felt like yeah that would happen if this was a hospital full of doctors and everyone got sick there's gonna be some heroes in there trying to be like i could do it and then just not do it
0: yeah that was really funny with just them all trying to be heroes and i was like it, there was one funny line i think that henry had i don't know if it was in this scene or if it was in the or if it was in the top of the episode where he said oh if i was sick at home like all of these things like my wife would be over me and curlers and cold cream my kids would be like yelling outside my dog would be like peeing in my room and he's like, boy, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not sick at home. And it's just, it was like a really funny exchange.
1: McQueen Stevenson, for the little bit that he's in this episode, uh, is very good. This is some top shelf Henry bits for me.
0: Um, And then right after this scene, we get, I don't know, Hawkeye and Margaret giving each other an experimental drug to kind of ward off the flu, like a, like a vaccine or whatever it is. And it is revealed that I guess it doesn't work. (laughs) And so Hawkeye is starting to come down with the flu. And this is after that, we get this scene where it's a lot more smooth in the OR with just Hawkeye being in the OR with the nurses. And I don't know, the the whole thing was handled so well. And that's where I got the, even though it was less chaotic in this scene, it was, it went smoother. It was so nerve wracking to be like, okay, Hawkeye is going to get sick now. What's going to happen?
1: (laughs) So, first of all, I think the uh <laughs> flu shot scene is kind of wacky because they're they're giving each other this and Hawkeye's being a little little cheeky and it's like I wanted in my butt.
0: <laughs> I wrote this down and I said, "Is this technically workplace harassment?"
1: <laughs> I mean, technically not because like in reality getting a shot in your thigh is like 100% like medically above board, but he's just I don't think he was like harassing her. I think he was just trying to be kind of goofy about it.
0: Yeah, this was the one scene where I I actually didn't think that there was like harassment. I don't know for some reason. In I I mentioned this uh before, but for some reason there was so much like <laughs> workplace harass, like sexual harassment in this episode with just like the comments that Hawkeye was making. I don't know if it's just because I haven't really kind of I, I kind of like gloss over it in other episodes but it seems so apparent in this episode it was very strange for how like we were saying it was like juxtaposed with this really nice mutual respect that margaret and hawkeye had and then he was just like going full jerk comments to margaret it's just like dude calm down there
1: <laughs> yeah this what do, what, do, what do i say uh, hang on
0: <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs>
1: But yeah, so one thing that I thought was really funny about this flu shot business, because it was pretty, like, professional, like, doctor giving flu shot stuff. But, like, Radar comes in while Hawkeye's pants are down, and she's administering this flu shot, and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and, like, backs out of the room. Yeah. And Hawkeye gives yet another one of his, like, crazy Joker laughs, and... That's when Margaret like sticks him, and I just I loved <laughs> <laughs> Alan Alda's performance of that. How he's able to have this kind of crazy laugh and also have this like shearing pain of like suddenly a giant needle stuck in you. <laughs> I I really like that whole bit, and like yeah. Maybe him doing this was a little too cheeky. Cheeky, like his butt cheeks? Yeah! <laughs> that bit really saved the whole thing for me of like, this is pretty good.
0: It's true. Like I said, um, this was really just kind of cute. This was like cutesy, you know what I mean? This was not yeah. anything that I was just like, oh my god, can we like move past this? This was just funny. Speaking of the laughter of Alan Alda too, um, it's a scene I think right after this, we're jumping around so much, but it's the scene right before um, Hawkeye and Margaret go into the OR when Hawkeye says, listen, that flu shot did nothing for me. I'm getting the flu. And he makes this face at Margaret, like this really iconic Hawkeye face yes, at Margaret. And I gonna I've, talk seen, about this. I've seen this in compilations of mash promo for years of him just like making a joke and like kind of just like giving her this really like teasing face it's so adorable you have to kind of see it to understand it but you'll know it if you watch mash
1: it's this very famous gif of hawkeye specifically on discord uh in the group chat i'm in with uh, a couple of our friends one of my friends will mention mash mouth and mash And whenever Hawkeye is mentioned, I send this gif of Hawkeye smirking. And the line is, he tells Margaret that he's coming down with the flu. And he tells her like, oh, all those sick, horrible things I've done to you. All those nasty jokes I played. I hope I can get better and do them all again. And he just kind of gives her a little smirk with his, like, hand in the air, and it's iconic.
0: While Ethan was describing that for us, I sent Ethan the (laughs) gif. I texted it to him. It's beautiful.
1: Thank you. (laughs) That's, uh, that's for visual players only, and that doesn't exist. This is an audio podcast.
0: Even though we're in an audio medium, um... (laughs) Anyway, I think one last thing I want to say about this Margaret-Hawkeye relationship that I found both really endearing and pretty funny was Hawkeye tells Radar to scrub up and, um, you know, start assisting with the surgeries. And he says to him, you'll be assisting Margaret Houlihan, nurse, friend, and all-around good egg. And... I thought that that was so, so sweet. And you could see in Margaret's face that she was really kind of touched by it. And then she goes, he's really sick. Like he's really not doing well because he gave her this compliment. And I thought that it was so funny. I don't know if it was supposed (laughs) to be played like that, but that's how I took it. And it was just, it was hysterical.
1: I loved at the end of this with Radar having to scrub up and he's like, you can help. You, you're not going to do any uh, surgery. You're just going to help us do this. And he's like, how is me fainting going to help this? <laughs> Radar is really good in this episode. We didn't mention that a lot. But he, uh, Radar, I think, provided a lot of the biggest laughs for me. As he's trying to find uh, different doctors to take over the position. And he's kind of dealing with this like weird book of people available in North Korea and like, calling people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just every bit with him I thought was really funny.
0: Radar really put in the work to try to get another surgeon there while the other doctors were recovering. He just couldn't do it. He was like, they offered us a veterinarian and a gynecologist and like, you know, a pediatrician and stuff like that. It was really funny. He really went through the ringer to try to get the unit another surgeon it was it was really good
1: this might be this might be if you want to go into lines uh as we're kind of wrapping up because this ends with hawkeye sick in bed everyone else is recovered and then radar comes in and he's like everybody needs to vacate i gave this patient you know whatever uh acting like he's a doctor now but before that i think one of my favorite lines in this episode was radar making these phone calls and he finds out that one of the doctors that is on his list switched to psychology. And just goes, he switched to psychology? That's crazy! It's so funny. <laughs>
0: you know, I, when that line happened when I was watching the episode, I was like, Ethan's gonna really like this line. I knew it.
1: <laughs> um, I love his delivery of it so much. I know, he
0: was like legitimately shocked. It was very funny. <laughs> In that final scene as well, I thought it was really sweet. Why do I like Frank Burns all of a sudden? We just confirmed that he's like a serial cheater.
1: But anyway. (laughs) Frank Burns sucks, but he's also like cute when he's half incapacitated.
0: (laughs) It's true. But at the end, you know, everyone's kind of praising Hawkeye for really stepping up and making sure that the OR ran smoothly, even though he was the only surgeon. Um, And Frank goes, yeah, good job, buddy. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> more teddy bear frank please come on you can do it
0: i would say that um one of my favorite lines was when trapper was trying to kind of be the hero or not like even be the hero he he wanted to help hawkeye he obviously understood that hawkeye was under extreme pressure to be the only surgeon in the or with casualties incoming and so he's getting dressed hawkeye kind of goes off and does his own thing for like a couple minutes and then there's a commotion, and he comes, and he's like, what's up? And Father Mulcahy and Trapper are on the ground, and Father Mulcahy goes, not Trapper.
1: <laughs> Very simple, but a good time. I also liked. I feel like we have to mention this. If this line isn't iconic, I don't know what is. Because Hawkeye is kind of trying to deal with being the only active surgeon in the OR. And he just at one point screams, my kingdom for an intelligent octopus is... Perfect! I love that so much.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that line. That's so funny. <laughs>
1: oh wow, well, maybe it's not as iconic as I, I would hope. <laughs> but uh, I want a t I want a t shirt that says "My Kingdom for an Intelligent Octopus" and it has like a drawing of of Hawkeye on it. Maybe <laughs> I'll make that t shirt myself and like bootleg it. No one will need to know.
0: If you, what would please write in and tell us what your favorite. Uh, line from mash you would want on a t-shirt because i yeah, want to know you do. <laughs> so i do have a little bit of trivia for this episode yeah boy so the episode seemed to like take some liberties with the research of the flu shot because i did i did some of my own research and i found that by 1942 a vaccine for both influenza a and influenza b which were the most prominent influenzas at the time that was developed by 1942 and by 1945 a flu shot like we have today with the um like the cultures that are that are not active but they give you some of the shot whatever it is that was approved for civilian dissemination by 1945 so we're in like 1950 1951 right now and uh yeah so i don't know if they're experimenting with the dosage or whatever it was but i was like this is some continuity weird <laughs>
1: Maybe it was a, a turbo flu shot specifically <laughs> designed of like, if you've been exposed, take this and you'll not have it anymore. Like that kind of, you know, 1950s experimentation.
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, I also have some trivia about... So on the loudspeaker Um, in, I think, the final OR scene, there was a bunch of like news that was supposed to have been happening yeah. at the time. Like there was one funny line where it said Joseph Stalin names himself the like leader of the Soviet Union again or whatever the case was.
1: Unanimously elected leader of the Soviet Union yet again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Um, so... In that little, like, blip of news, they mentioned Ralph Johnson Bunch, and he was this American political scientist and diplomat. He earned his master's degree in political science in 1928 and his PhD in political science in 1934, making him, if not the first, one of the first African Americans to earn a PhD in political science from an American university. So he's most known for his work in the United Nations. He created the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1948 with Eleanor Roosevelt. He played a big part in ending Western colonialism as a practice and helped implement anti-colonialist policies in the UN. And as mentioned in the episode, he won the 1950 Nobel Peace Prize for his work in peace negotiations in the Arab-Israeli conflict and became the first African-American person and first person of African descent to win the prize and for his support in the civil rights movement he was given the u.s medal of freedom in 1963 by president kennedy so like that's really cool
1: that's rad the ending of this episode i know we kind of glossed over it but with all these uh different news headlines was a very interesting way to end this one you know the loudspeaker guy kind of giving us real world context i thought was very interesting to listen to
0: yeah i really like when the show kind of just like puts that in there I wonder what made the writers kind of choose these these events if it was just stuff that they remembered happening during that time period or if there was any significance it's it's really interesting and it kind of I like that it gives us kind of context for uh, the timeline of the show as well definitely so Ethan what do you give this episode out of five martinis
1: you know I'm gonna have to say this is like a very very good episode I might have to give it like a 4.5. As far as what I want from a MASH episode, I'm having a good time. Uh, how about you? What would you give it out of uh, five martinis?
0: I think, yeah, I think I'd give it um, a four. It was you really You always got to go lower than me. <laughs> Originally, I said three. I don't know. I don't really know why, but... Um...
1: Oh, you're off your rocker then. This episode's <laughs> way better than a three. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I think be- just because, like I said at the top, I was kind of expecting it to be a different episode. But then speaking about it and like kind of talking about all of these really good scenes definitely bumped me up to a four in that case. Um, Yeah, definitely a solid four.
1: Yeah, very good episode. Other than Dear Dad 3, season two, kind of killing it. This is a great season of television. For sure. So... (laughs) Just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Friarbalco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and of course, our listeners. Our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description. If you're so inclined, send us an email, send us a message, whatever you want to do, and join us next week for Season 2, Episode 12, The Incubator. Until then, treat a horse with menopause. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. (laughs) Bye, everyone.